from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour podcast and the George Camel YouTube mega hit. Be sure and check out both. That's Camel with a K. He's my co-host today, Ramsey personality. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Canada's going to kick us off this hour. Scott's with us. Hi, Scott. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? All right. So my wife and I have $11,000 in debt. Um, but we also have an RRSP line that we have not used since I worked at this job in about four years, five years maybe. Um, it has $4,000 sitting in it. Um, I was wondering if it would be a good idea to take that $4,000 out and then pay off most of that debt. I am not a 100% expert on Canadian retirement plan, but I'm almost positive that if you do that, you're going to get a heavy penalty and extra taxes. Am I not right? I haven't looked into it very well. Um, I'm almost positive. You? You're no. I'm almost positive it's like our 401ks or IRAs in the states. You're in here. We would get a 10 percent penalty plus your tax rate. Therefore, George and I would always tell you, don't do that. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now, and it looks like there are, depending on your province and how much you're withdrawing, there will be anywhere from 10 to 30 percent, just right there. Yeah. So that is unwise because that's yeah. like taking a loan out at 10 to 30% to pay off your debt. Okay. All right. No problem. I'm sorry. I it's, just, uh, it's not yeah, much money. It's not much money. So the damage in actual dollars is not huge, but percentage wise, it makes you want to throw up a little bit. Fair enough. Okay. You know, it's like, I want to borrow $4,000 at 30% interest. Nah. Yeah. You know. It's not, it's probably not going to kill you, but it's just dumb. I mean, it's just the numbers, the percentage just makes you go, particularly the math nerd in me, you know. And the other piece of this is the behavior change because it's not really solving the problem, which was we went into debt. And so I want to see you use your future income, sell stuff, side hustles, overtime, whatever you have to do to create that income to pay off that four grand. And truthfully, that's not going to take long. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Well, it, 11 grand's the total. So truthfully, the whole thing's not going to take long. If you step into a really nice side hustle, you'll do that very, very quickly. But the big deal here is to stop the bleeding, meaning get on a budget, live yeah. on less than you make, be in agreement with your spouse, and then get in attack mode on that 11,000. And um, George is right. There's something happens in your brain when you quit. You're, you're, you're being wise looking at all options, Scott, but something cool happens when you quit looking for a shortcut. I would have looked for the shortcut too. It's human nature to do that. And you should look for an easy way. That's, that's dumb. Don't do it the hard way on purpose. But in this case, the, the part of your brain that that's going to make you do this the hard way is the part that's going to give you permanent change. The other piece is that will help you step off this ledge is looking at what four grand would turn into 20 years from now in your investment account. That'll make you go, I'll find another way. Yeah, That's a lot of money to unplug. Yeah. The, ten, the uh, 20 years from now, version of me is going to be pissed off yeah yeah we don't want to do that james is in raleigh uh, north carolina hi james welcome to the ramsey show hey Ms. ramsey thanks for taking my call sure what's up hey so uh particular place in life where i've got a year or two left on my education my wife's got a year we're both working full-time and um we're both investing in our 401k options and match options with our jobs and we're we know we're going to want to buy a property or a house 
one day down the road. Good. And so we're trying to figure out, like, do we go full 15% or more in our 401k and still try and save for the house? Or should we put, like, try to nickel and dime and go as hard as we can with just getting our matches in our 401k options? Uh, and then put all we can into a savings for a, a house. Uh, like, which option would you? Which option would you guys recommend based on where we're at, maybe? So you guys have no debt in a fully funded emergency fund already. Yeah, no debt, fully funded emergency fund, and, and actually a good bit put away for each of our four one k so far. Awesome, way to go. Well, that puts you at baby step 3B, saving up for that down payment. And truthfully, this is kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. You could invest anywhere from 0 to 15%, and the faster you get the down payment saved, the faster we get back to investing, and it really comes down to your urgency on getting into a house. Yeah. We don't want to put more yeah, than 15%, but anything less than 15% while you work temporarily on the baby step 3B, which is the down payment, house down payment is okay. So George is right. Choose your own adventure. You could do the, do the match and no more. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. You could do nothing and just pile up a big old stinking down payment for the next 24 months. During that 24 months, you're going to finish your educations, probably get raises and set you up to make your house buy, and then step back into that 401k with 15% and start paying off that new 15 year mortgage as fast as possible. Oh, that's very encouraging. I, I just didn't know if it was bad to go down to just the match. I guess that was what my worry was. It, it, it would was, be if you were if you're trying to say back in baby step two, we would tell you to just go all the way to zero, regardless of match. Oh, while you're in baby yeah, step no, two, okay, well, right? Well, back, at, yeah, yeah, back there where you're, you're you're had debt, but you don't have that debt, so you're sitting squarely uh, at this place where it's a temporary thing. It's a one two year time period while you're saving for. Your down payment on your home, the larger the down payment, obviously, the smaller the debt, or the, hopefully, you don't buy more house. But, um, yeah, that and that puts you in a position to, to really go win with that. Choose your own adventure. That's a good way of looking at it. That's how I have always seen it, because there's really three options, 0% and really stack up or do the match, then stack up, or 15%. You can do somewhere in between, too, but most people do one of those three options. I personally like trying to hit that mark of 15% and then getting even more intense on the down payment, but I'm just wired weird. Well, and, you know, I would, I might say which one I like more based on how old I was. Okay. He sounded super young. Yeah. If I'm in my twenties, I'm good with go zero because you got plenty of time for compound interest to kick in on the, on the investing later. But again, we're okay. Ramsey, the Ramsey way is choose your own adventure, zero to 15, anywhere in there. But I could go to zero easier when you're 25 than when you're 55. Mm. And you You have a lot more to catch up on. Yeah. And you really want. You want to get in that house. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, there's two major things, folks, that we find with the millionaires that we've studied that cause them to become millionaires. One is steadily investing in retirement and good mutual funds, 401ks, IRAs, right? Steadily over time investing. The second thing is a paid for house. Those two are the biggest two elements that we see cause people to be a millionaire. The typical millionaire we studied was 51 years old. They had like a million and a half to $2 million net worth. Let's say they had a million and a half dollar net worth in our case study uh, that you, we usually would find they had like a half a million, $600,000 paid for house. And then they had like seven, eight hundred, $900,000 in their 401ks. Um, and so that's generally how we saw them getting there in that first one to $5 million worth of net worth. Those are two big things. And there's a lot of reasons that those two things show up with millionaires all the time because A, they're both really good good wealth-building tools, but B, they uh, follow the idea of slow and steady wins the race, not the hare. The tortoise wins every time I read the book. 
Never read it once, and they went, hair scores this one. Nope, you don't get to choose your own adventure in that puppy. Uh, the tortoise wins. The ugly, steady, slow, not bragging turtle wins. This is the Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past. But a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Neighborly is the place to find reliable help for your home from trusted, locally owned businesses like Mr. Appliance, Mr. Handyman, Precision Garage Door Service. Great company. Visit Neighborly.com today to find home experts that you can trust that are available to serve you. Today's question comes from Michelle in New York. With student loan payments starting again soon, I'm hearing a lot of people talk about an unintended consequence will be a big hit to the economy. With that money going to student loan payments instead of being spent at retailers, they're saying maybe this could drive us into a recession. Do you see this happening? No, it's not enough money. It's not big enough relative to the size of the gross domestic product, the GDP. So there's not a big enough tail here to wag this dog. Mm. So mathematically, so I, no, I don't see that happening. Um, and and let, let's just say it did. Walk so us through what? This. So what? Like these people don't need to pay their bills just because we might face a risk. No, absolutely no. So, and here's how we also know it didn't create a recession. Did you notice that have it, that all these people having all this money to spend did not cause a boom? That's true. If you had an extra 400 bucks, with the it wasn't cost. enough money to cause a an economic boom when they were all blowing it on vacations. As a matter of fact, one study came out last week where Jade and I were reading this the other day. It came out and said that uh, like 80% of the people spent all the money on vacations, retail, drugs, and alcohol. Wow. And even, well, I mean, if there's a recession in the cocaine area, that's probably okay. I can deal with that. If there's a little, if there's a little crack recession, I think we can handle that part. But uh, I'm thinking the alcohol retailers are probably okay. They made enough money during COVID to last them about ten years. Oh, they made out like bandits on that. Oh, man, it was the big. I mean, remember the wine bottles stacked up and oh, the pictures right. of that at the curb during during the during the COVID quarantine. That was like when alcohol delivery became hot. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't leave the house. You bring it to me. Yeah, it was, and, and lots of consumption was a big deal. Yeah, I'm just saying. So anyway, all kidding aside, it didn't cause a boom, so it won't cause a bust. And that illustrates my earlier statement that it's not enough money relative to the size of the economy to tank the economy because it didn't make the economy, so it won't break the economy. So, uh, however, what it is going to do 
is it's going to put a pinch on the 99%. I cannot believe this number. 99% of the people that didn't have to pay payments on their student loans didn't pay anything on their student loans. 1% used all of this chance at no interest to get out of debt. 99% took the approximately $15,000 per person that it saved them and blew it. And it's gone. And, and now they're going to go, oh, no, my budget's tight, just in time for Christmas. Well, and the scary part is a lot of people got refunds from their student loan servicer. So the student loan company says, that one's killing hey, me. here's your ten grand in payments back. The government will forgive it. You'll be fine. They give them ten grand, reinstate their loan balance, and lo and behold, no forgiveness. And that puts them in a real pinch if they spent that money. Because most people said, well, I'll hold it in savings. Humanity has told us that we don't make great decisions when we just have a pile of money sitting there. So that's really scary. And also people who bought really expensive cars in the last few years, really expensive houses in the last few years, who now have to make those payments on top of student loan payments. So could that cause some foreclosures and repos? No. You know, the people that went over the edge on stupid are always going to get caught. Mm. Uh, I, I did that once and I got caught. So, you know, you're just stupid will catch up with you. It's, it's got a, it's got a real, this pack. is like your, your skinny dipping line. It reminds me yeah. of that one. Yeah. When it was actually Warren Buffett, so it wasn't mine, but I stole it. Yeah. You can tell who was skinny dipping when the tide goes out. So there you go. The and tide is going out people. That's what's happening. Prepare here, yourselves, so. get clothed. Yeah. But I think, I think you're safe, Michelle, from a recession, uh, may, maybe not a personal recession, but certainly a national recession kim is with us kim is in tucson arizona hi tim welcome to the ramsey show hi george and uh david so i'm so happy to be talking to you right now um i have just so much gratitude and want to to call and say thank you for helping um i just paid off all my student loans you're one one of the one percent (laughs) yeah and um oh my gosh it's been such a journey uh it feels like for years and years and years i was trying to stay well that's a little cut off one of those years for years and years i was trying to figure out how do i pay off all my student loans i felt like i was you know i made a great salary but every year i'd get my you know w2 and i'd be like oh my gosh what did i do with that money um, and I was just living, you know, I, I, I was trying to have a budget, but I really went, I didn't do a zero based budget. I just went with like, all right, if I want to continue living my life, then how much is left over for paying off student loans? Um, and it really wasn't an effective way of managing that problem. And so I got really tired of it. And actually I, um, I just, I met the man I'm going to marry and it really kicked me into gear on getting my finances taken care of. Cause he, um, you know, he had all of his finances taken care of. And so I wanted to bring that to our relationship and have all of this cleared away before we decided to get married. And so, um, I got into gear last July. I really got serious about the baby steps. And, um, in just one year I paid off the remainder of my student loans, which was $45,000. Wow. And, um, definitely missed out on like buying new clothes and, uh, you know, taking a vacation. Um, I could have, could have, you know, it could have been nice to have some retail therapy, but, um, there were a couple moments where I did celebrate, you know, bigger milestones and, you know, with, you know, three, three loans left, I took myself out shopping and, you know, gave myself a, a conservative budget, um, and made the most with it. But, 
Um, but yeah, I just am so grateful. It's a little, you know, it's a little unreal that this is, that I've reached this goal, but, um, I honestly, like I've reached out to so many different financial advisors, um, along the way. And this was the most, um, effective method for paying off my student loans. And I did it before forbearance went back in place or, or, uh, the government, you know, stopped the forbearance. So way to go. I'm proud (laughs) of you. (laughs) <laughs> how's, it, how's it feel to be free? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know what's amazing is that the cash is mine now. Mm-hmm. And I am so much looking forward to this is going to be the first bonus um, that I am not putting towards debt. And I like, oh, there's just something about being able to keep that money that brings me so much happiness. And like, this was so worth it. And, um, you know, I was scared to stop retirement contribution. That was like the one thing where I was like, Oh, <laughs> I guess I'll do it. Cause it's like $600 back in my pocket. Um, but you know, those were the things that I decided temporarily, I will make those changes. Um, and it worked and, and it worked. Yeah. And one year and later, you're investing more than $600. Yeah, one year later, and I honestly I thought that this was going to be at least eighteen months. Yeah, but once you get you know what else I, it, you know you what else I'm find... hearing in your in your uh, sentence structure and in your voice is I think you have a newfound confidence. You believe in Kim more now. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, Steve, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> I just oh man, that is so true, and I I just felt like being in debt kept me in a rut in so many different aspects of my life. Yeah, and you not only kicked $45,000 to the curb, you kicked shame to the curb. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Good for you. All of that. So when's the wedding? Thanks. Oh, um, there's not a date. First, the engagement needs to happen, but oh, that's it's coming still, around the okay. corner. So. Right. But you're, th- you're that confident. That confidence is now oh, bled yeah. into your relationships. Like, this is the guy. For sure. Oh yeah, we've we've been ring shopping and all of that, so yeah. that's all in place. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow, what a year you've got! I'm so proud of yeah. you. Congratulations! Thanks. Hey, thanks, thanks for calling so in. God bless you. That is absolutely amazing. You know, when you understand that personal finance is 80 percent behavior, only 20 percent head knowledge, you understand that you permanently change while while you are getting out of debt. Mm. It's a different you on the other side of it. Because your behaviors have changed and it changes who you are. Her confidence level, like we're talking about, the shame is gone. 100%. One year transformation. It can happen for any of you out there. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co host today. Hey, guys, uh, you can help us out if you'd like. You are our best marketing, telling your friends about us. And you can do that by sharing the show, hitting the share button, sharing a link, or just telling people where you listen, uh, however you're doing it, whether it's YouTube or radio station, TBN, it doesn't matter. We'd love to have you tell people about us, and uh, you can use the technology to do that, or you can use your mouth to do that. I don't care. Thank you. You can subscribe and follow, depending on whether you're podcast, YouTube, whatever, hit the click button. It makes a big difference if you actually do that, because it, it changes the way the algorithms work, and it pushes our show forward for other people when they're searching to find it and so it changes the search engines so to speak and so uh, please help us with that by subscribing sharing oh and leave a five-star review that's always helpful too and uh, we've gotten some really nice reviews people are nice yeah there are really nice people out there and the trolls they'll always be there just ignore them 
Well, there's never been a statue erected to a critic. <laughs> That's Not that I can think of. So just keep that in mind. If you're a critic, keep that in mind. You may not want a statue, but you just need to know that, in other words, people don't admire that, the fact that you live in your mother's basement and troll all day long. I got to get my mom to leave a review because she watches on TBN every day. Oh. And she now sees it on a big screen. She says, you need to smile more. Oh. So I got to remember, mom, you're watching out there on TBN. Thanks, mom, for yeah. the media training. So she's my biggest critic right now. Yeah. Well, and your biggest supporter. That's true. She's a big fan. It's all in love, George. That's true. She loves to critique. Mama Camel. <laughs> and grandma, too. We got grandma watching TBN now. Yeah. Well, and, and Mama Camel's getting ready to be a grandma. That's right. Yeah. We're on baby watch, We could change Dave. her name. That's right. Yeah. All right. Jonathan's with us in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hi, Jonathan. How are you? Hey. How's it going today, guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? Absolutely. So uh, I've had a tough couple of months. I got laid off. But oh. the light is at the end of the tunnel, and mm-hmm. I got hired last week. With Yay! A, uh, Better job, I bet. Job. It's almost doubled my salary. Whoa! Thank God you got laid off. Exactly. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing what's best and what's right with that. And I, I haven't followed your baby steps to a T always. And well, it's time to start, Jonathan. Exactly. And, uh, with, exactly. So that's where I want to make sure I'm starting this job. I'm going to get the paycheck the first month. I, I want to make sure that I'm doing this right from now on. Good. I have uh, $87,000 in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, $27,000 left on my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, and otherwise, I have no debt. Mm-hmm. I have 8000 in savings. Um, after I pay this, the rent at the first of the month, I, I have 11 and a half. But after I pay rent and everything at the first of the month, I'll, I'll have $8,000 in savings. Mm-hmm. So I have step one. I need to build my way back to step three. Thank the Lord I had it there during the layoff. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have 24000 in my Roth um, 401k. Good, good. And what's Should the new salary? How much are you making The now? new salary is one, uh, 130 Wow. Are you 130. married? I am not. Okay, cool. Good for you. All right. So $114,000 in debt, $8,000 in savings, and $130,000 income. Did I miss something? Nope. Okay. Well, it's it's simple and it's hard because you're used to having that cushion of an emergency fund while being very unsafe and insecure on the debt side. And so baby, you're in baby step two. You keep saying, I got to get back to baby step three. You were never there. We got a step in between that we just skipped. We just leapfrogged it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't get to baby step three unless you've done two. That's kind of the, well, how the numer- nu- numerology thing works. So, um, yes. so, so here's My what we're going to do. We're going to attack the debts. Mm-hmm. And your car is your smallest one. And we're going to throw yeah, seven of your 8,000 at that. And you're at baby step one, $1,000 saved. Now we're attacking, de- doing the debt snowball in baby step two, attacking with a vengeance. And we're going to, you know, do nothing, no eating out, no partying, no vacations, no spending well, I'm money. I'm tired of renting. Do what? I'm tired of renting. I don't I'm care. You renting. need to get this mess cleaned up. Okay. You're broke. That's why you're yeah. a renter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's yeah. not be broke anymore. Let's get this mess cleaned up. So you got $114,000. If you pay off uh, $65,000 a year, $70,000 a year mm-hmm. out of your one thirty, you're debt-free in two years. Zero debt at all. You have a paid-for car, and Sally Mae will have been evicted from your house. Mm-hmm. you'll have your life back. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay. Or you can wander along the next 10 years and be mediocre, Jonathan, 
and at 40 still be screwing around with a student loan debt like most people do. Or you mm-hmm. can punch the thing in the freaking face repeatedly until it dies. Mm-hmm. Time to get with it. Are those student mm-hmm. loans broken up into a bunch of little loans? Um, they consolidated, uh, but they're still like consolidated federally. And I think the average on that uh, interest rate is like 5.8%. Yeah. So no adding to your retirement, no life for the next 18 no to 24 adding. months. And don't withdraw from your retirement either. Yeah. 18 to 24 months, it's game on. It's, I am so pissed. I am getting this mess cleaned up. I felt very vulnerable and afraid when I got laid off and I had $114,000 in debt. So the next time something bad happens, not if, when something bad happens, I'll have no debt. Mm. It's a different feeling, dude. Yeah, but not having, I mean, I, because I didn't attack my debt so hard, I had that three months, you know, safety cushion. So when the rain happened, I was okay. Yeah. I, I kind of want to have that. So, you know, I kind of don't care what you want. You're broke. Yeah. You call me. Dude, mm-hmm. do this stuff. I'm going to be mean to you. Do it. Come on. I'm your coach. It's halftime. All right. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. You, first, first half in, in the first half, quarter, first quarter, you, you got a little bit ahead. Second half, you got behind. And, and right. now you're coming in from the half and it's time to get with it. And let's get this thing knocked out. You get a new lease on life. You got double your, you got, thank God you got laid off. You got double your income. And, and mm-hmm. no, listen, we're, I don't want you to stay with no emergency fund for long. The faster you get out of debt, the faster you're going to have a legitimate emergency fund. That's baby step three. But, but listen, this millions of people have done what I'm asking you to do for you. Doesn't affect me, man. But listen, don't don't sit and argue with your personal trainer when he's got a six pack and you have a keg. Don't argue with your personal trainer. You called us. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. You can do it, man. I'm cheering you on. I'm not fussing at you. You can do this. Hang on. Here's the other part. The the student loan pause is really what saved him, and that's coming to an end, uh, abrupt halt. And so those payments are coming back. And so you lose another job, you owe. With many payments, is $87,000 makes up. So next time that happens, you're not safe. And that emergency fund is going to get drained real quick if we don't get rid of these payments. They're mm-hmm. killing you, man. Yeah. It, it's your shortest distance to peace, financial peace. Two words that don't go together, like airline service. Okay? It's your shortest distance to peace and your shortest distance to wealth, the, the, distant, the, the path we're giving you. Please. The lady just called right before you and said how, how wonderfully it worked. When she finally decided to work it. so That's tough. People go, well, Dave, I'm kind of doing your plan. I got no debt except for $100,000. i am like, are you listening to yourself? Like, (laughs) just just follow the plan. If it doesn't work, come back and yell at us. Play this back later and hear how it sounds. But you can't do half the plan and then get mad when you get half the results. Don't call us back. Here's the the problem, George. You don't even get half the results. Because this thing doesn't, it's not linear like that. Mm. Doing half the plan gives you 10% of the results. It, it, that's what the problem with ish is it's more damaging than, than it sounds because you feel like you're doing something yeah. ish you know but you're not really doing anything it's like you know you're gonna it, it's like the people that do yo-yo dieting you know you know what i'm talking about they they lose weight and then they gain back back more. and forth back and then forth. they lose weight and then they gain back more and so the net five years later is is they weigh more than when they started considerably mm. and, and so uh, because they didn't change permanently the grooves in our brain when it comes to the dieting people always say lifestyle you have to change your lifestyle well that's what we're talking about paradigm shift behavior all of it 
Yeah, the whole thing. So hang on, dude. We're going to send you a copy of the book, The Total Money Makeover. I want you to get a highlighter. I want there to be like hand grease on that book because you're looking at it all the time. Lots of sticky notes all through it. This is your guide. It is a proven plan. Ten million of these Total Money Makeover books out there. It didn't happen because it didn't work. Those sales happen because this crap works. I don't know how to do nothing else, but dude, I got this down. Hang on. We'll give you a copy of the book. This is The Ramsey Show. George Camel Ramsey personality is my co-host. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Hey, if you're a new listener and you want to dive deeper into the Ramsey baby steps, this whole Ramsey way of doing things, go to RamseySolutions.com. Click the Get Started button. Completely free, and we'll help you figure out what the next best step in your financial journey is is janelle is with us in spokane washington hi janelle welcome to the ramsey show hi dave hi george hi how can we help yeah so my question is in short how do i translate the personal baby steps to business but i'll give a little background so i found you in 2016 paid off sixty thousand in consumer debt and then the mortgage and so we're on baby step seven personally mm-hmm. what that afforded us to do was for me to leave my government job and open my own business two years ago mm-hmm. and i'm trying to figure out how much savings the business should have. You know, we keep those things separate. Mm-hmm. And is there ever a time when debt in business might, like we have a big project we need to do that would bring in more business. Mm-hmm. Do I just practice that same patience and wait until the business can pay cash for that? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, that's <laughs> I what I do. I, we run Ramsey businesses with $300 million. Ramsey Solutions is a $300 million business this year. Uh, it started on a card table in my living room 32 years ago, and we've never borrowed a dime. And we've had a lot of big projects, and big is always relative to where you are right then, right? I mean, when you're on a card table in your living room, big is anything. But, um, you know, we're just, uh, uh, we, we've, sometimes we've just had to say no to things, but then we're always ready when something like a pandemic hits or when some other negative event occurs in business variables that we can't control, we've always got a pile of cash and no debt. And so we've never laid off a soul. We got over a thousand team members and we've never done a layoff, even in downturns, even when we have fluctuations in cash flow, uh, we don't have to do, we don't have to lose our greatest asset, which is our people. Um, and, and so we don't have to play corporate America games, which is treat people like they're dirt. And, um, so, you know, uh, because we've handled, done this with those principles. So all of that to say, um, you're always going to have a tension, uh, between the, there's always going to be a, uh, a shiny object in front of you. And I just have to tell myself, don't be a bass because okay it's easy on our personal side. That's so easy to say, but a bass, you know, they jump on shiny objects and you know what happens is they get hooked. And then they get reeled in the boat and filleted, okay? So don't be a bass because sometimes the bee is silent, okay? And so. <laughs> You'll get that one. Tonight. Yeah, it'll come to me later. But, um, yeah, that's what I, I have to tell myself that all the time because there's always something. When you're in business you're and you're an entrepreneur, you're excited about the opportunities that are in front of you, and they all are good. They're not. 
But we always feel like they're good. All of our ideas, we think they're good, but they're not. And, you know, so what has happened is, is I've limited the size of my mistakes because I refuse to borrow in them. You will magnify the size of your mistakes in business when you borrow into them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And then the other pieces as far as savings right now, I have our insurance deductible, which is $5,000 that -hmm. just sits there. And then I have four months expenses because it is a a seasonal business so Mm -hmm. far. My goal is to not touch that four months in the winter, but but it's there. Should I have more than that? Yeah. Maximum of six in in retained earnings, six or six months of expenses in retained earnings is plenty. I've never been able to achieve that. We don't have six months of retained of expenses and retained earnings today. Uh, that would be like bazillions of dollars. Okay. Today. But, um, but, but the, uh, the, the thing is, since I don't borrow money, I have to sit on cash Yeah, because cash covers the downturns and cash covers the opportunities to buy things, to try a new project that might fail. Uh, I tried a project um, 18 months ago that we're still closing up right now that cost cost us $3.2 million in losses. We lost $3.2 million. Um, I'm still kind of aching from that but because um, I love the idea. I still love the idea, but apparently it sucked. So, um, uh, But it was painful, really, really painful. And uh, I'm, I'm whining in front of everyone right now. But, um, but yeah, but that, at least it was cash, right? You imagine so if that I, was all I, I don't have to pay payments on my mistake for the next four years. It's, yeah. it's over, except for the emotional scars and tears and, and whining. But, yeah, all yeah. that. But, yeah, so that, that's what you want to do. Six months covers your purchases. It covers your new ideas, and it covers your downturns. It's called retained earnings. It's not quite an emergency fund because it does more than just emergencies. So it's a little mm-hmm. different in that regard. And the baby steps really do not apply to business, okay? okay. Because the, the, the principles that the baby steps are based on do apply to business. The Debt borrower, free, have money in yeah, the bank. The borrower slave to the lender so we don't borrow money. Live on less than you make. A foolish man devours all he has. Always have savings because in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. Spread your portions to seven, yes, to eight, for disaster may come upon the land. Diversify, okay? These are biblical financial principles that are common sense and grandma's ways of doing things. Be Always be generous. God loves a cheerful giver. Be generous in your personal life. Be generous with your business. No one hates generous people. Well, that's probably not true, but they don't hate them for being generous. It's an attractive feature. Um, I'm a generous person. People hate me, so that, but not because of that. They hate me for other reasons that they made up in their own little minds. That's but, right. Yeah. Well, I want to help you with this. I'm going to gift you Dave's book, Entree Leadership, because this is the playbook that he's built this place on, and he's been doing it for 30 years now successfully. So we're going to send that to you. I also encourage you to check out the Entree Leadership podcast, which Dave hosts, and you'll hear some of these calls where people got themselves into a pickle because they thought, if I just go into debt, we'll have more money, and it'll all work out, and then it doesn't work out. And business gives you more rationalization even than personal does because you think you're going to make money with the money that you go in debt with. I mean, so that's the ultimate rationalization. Mm. And, uh, you know, if I just if I just had this piece of equipment, you know, we could do it. You know, it doesn't do feel it. frivolous. Yeah. You're yeah. not going on vacation or buying a yeah, new it's, car. It's, it's, not, it's not get just, a piece of equipment. It's not consumerism. It's actually investing, but it's still a bad idea. Still a bad idea, and you still get yourself in a pinch. Good question. Thanks for joining us, Janelle. Yeah, do check out the Entree Leadership Podcast. I'm enjoying. I just took it over, and uh, we fired George. That's right. In uh, in January, 
Because George, he's such a big deal now. He ain't got time to do the Dadgum podcast, so I had to go do it. Well, they wanted me to do this YouTube channel. I'm like, guys, I already host 17 shows around here. we got to take one off the There's only so much that George can do with his stardom. I'm a lot of man, but I'm only one man. (laughs) I've been told that. (laughs) By nobody. (laughs) It's fine. I'm not even commenting okay open phones here at 888-825-5225 the entree leadership podcast by the way is now caller driven so people like her call in to that show all the time and we'd love to have you do that and uh, thanks for joining us and by the way you can come to the entree leadership events there's we have about ten thousand small businesses between the size of five team members and 200 team members that uh interact with us in coaching uh we have a digital product called entree leadership elite where you can follow through the stages of business and the six drivers of business Uh, people come to entree leadership summit uh, the Entree Leadership Master Series will be here on campus this fall. There's about 75 tickets left to that, I think. it's only, We only allow about 750 coming into it um, because we keep that very small. It's very interactive. And um, I love working with small business people because, like Janelle, because they're the backbone of the American economy. Absolutely. And they inspire me. When I meet these men and women at these events, I'm going, these guys are rock stars. And they're running their businesses debt-free. And so it's another reminder that you can do this differently than culture says to. Yeah. And let me just say, that was not a philosophical statement. That was a statistical statement. 54% of the gross domestic product in America, the economy, 54% is created by businesses with less than 500 team members, by definition, small businesses. So small business literally, mathematically, is the backbone of the American economy. So, I mean, you know, whatever Dell does or whatever big company does is nice or whatever, that's fun, but... It really is not the economy. It's mom and pops running heat and air companies and ice cream shops and that are running the local veterinarian clinic. They're the ones that Serving make the their communities. They're the ones that make the world go round, man. Mathematically, economically. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.